welcome to Material Podcast, episode 148. I wish I had some really cool things to say about that number. It is divisible by two, and that's all you need to know. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Russell Ivanovich. I'm a second host, Florence Ion, and I think that makes 74. <laughs> Oh, yes, it does. Yes, I'm sorry. I have to figure Going that out. back to middle school math. Whoop, we don't whoop, use math whoop. in journalism. Yeah, also we call it maths <laughs> in Australia just to be different. Uh, yeah, well, that's British. the Queen's way of saying it. Yes. You shall do the maths, Russell. That's what you shall do. That's not yeah. really how the Queen talks. but Well, anyway. the Queen stopped doing maths on her corgis because now they're all gone. Oh, flow hey too, soon, too soon. I Speaking know. of... Maths. You might have done the maths as a listener, like a regular list of the show, and you're like, normally there's 33.3333% more of you, which I, someone, by the way, pointed out is normally there's 50% more of you because we're missing one person. Andy is on assignment this week. We can't say where, we can't say doing what, we can't say who he's assassinating potentially and who he's not assassinating, but he's he's not here. Andy Bourne is his other name. <laughs> Like there's a poster somewhere with him with like yeah, the hat and the gun in a, in like Lithuania because it has to be in a country yes. completely on another continent uh, for him to get away with that. Although in these times, well, I mean, let's not also discuss this American have. superiority complex that uh, you all seem to have that other countries are in trouble and need saving by you. Like it's never it's never your country. Oh no, me. I just did that. No, <laughs> you're always saving Sorry, the world. Lithuania. Have you noticed that the world's never saving it's you? It's true. I think the Baltic states are like, wait, wait, Lithuania is part of the Baltic states? Yes, yes. Uh, let's say yes before we get listening. Is Estonia? Uh, oh, shucks. Croatia, oh, Serbia, shucks. Bosnia. They're Baltic, aren't they? No, oh, no, no. Uh, listen, no? Okay. I have completely, completely butchered this geography, and I just want to <laughs> apologize to everybody. I'm looking up a map of Europe right now on Google.com so that I can appropriately the say which countries Balkans. I am thinking about. Balkans! I'm thinking about the Balkans! Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I am. I'm thinking of Lithuania, Belarus. Nope. Lithuania has its own thing. It's Estonia, Latvia. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. I mean, would you describe it, Flo, as Albania, Bulgaria, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kosovo, Macedonia, Montenegro, Croatia, Greece, Italy, Romania, Serbia, Slovenia and Turkey? I'm but- sorry we've confused you all. This is weird because in Wikipedia it has entirely within the Balkans and then mostly or partially within the Balkans. It seems like the Balkans is some kind of region and it seems like maybe we should have never gone here on this podcast. Like this is all very confusing. Hey, wait, speaking of Balkans, it's no, this is totally related Ooh. because guess what I did and this is Google related because Susan Wojcicki, uh, I did 23andMe. <gasps> you did? I did. And you found out you're 100% Balkan. Balkan? I am. Balkan? 80% Romanian, mm, which is 80%. just like, it's just like, duh, I gave you all that money so you could just tell me what <laughs> I know already. Like, my parents are immigrants. I'm first generation born in America. Of course I'm like from there. I don't is know. That, is that high though? Like, I, I don't know much about 23andMe, but I feel like some people are super surprised. They're like, I'm 30% Irish and I didn't even know my parents were or grandparents or great-grandparents or even I from I think Ireland. it's high relative to my social group because my social group, their parents are not immigrants and they are not uh. first-generation born. And it's just, like, interesting, my percentage. And also I think the fact it's also interesting is because I don't know anything. I didn't actually read, like, super into this. I didn't, like, read about tribes or anything like that. But I just am assuming the way that people have migrated. Uh, my people just never really migrated far. And I think maybe in my social circle that's a weird thing. It's like, wow, you guys just 
kind of hovered around that general area. Didn't really, you know, just a little 3,000 mile ratio, which doesn't see, which seems like a lot, but you know, it's in, you know, the grand scheme of, you know, how caravans, it's, it's not a lot. I mean, if you've, I'm trying really Maybe. hard not to use the G word here. Um, yes, yes. The G word. I'm oh. not, I can't say it on the show. Google. <laughs> it's a Google podcast. <laughs> um, yes, yes, definitely. I mean, the, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I do, I, I do want to, I do have an actual Google related issue that I need help with. Yeah, I've seen the show doc. Flow needs yeah. help. No other help. explanation. Here's what's going on, real quick. Let's. We're gonna keep this short. I'm gonna try to keep this short because you don't have a lot of time. But I need your help, which is that I really want to just just change the icons on my home screen. That's all I want to do. I don't want any other launcher. I don't want to have to go through like all these settings. I don't want to download Action Launcher. I don't want to do it. I just want the launcher I have Ooh. and an app that changes the icon to another icon because I like my icons to all match. I have an aesthetic that I practice across my home screen. Um, and the app that I was using, which is called, I believe, if I look here inside my drawer, it was called Awesome Icons, I believe. Awesome Icons? Awesome Icons? Yes. It was called Awesome Icons, and it doesn't work anymore. Well, it works. So it puts like a widget on the screen, on the home screen of the icon, and that's how it creates a shortcut, which has been, you know, that works totally fine. But the problem is I can't actually drag anything into the dock, which I really need. So I'm going to show you the life that I'm living with right now. And this is the life. Do you see what's, hold on, I'm going to turn down. I'm going to show Russell my screen on Skype with our high technology. We're practicing here. <laughs> That's a video podcast. Do you see what's happening here? Oh, okay. So, so Flo is showing me a picture of her screen. And now I've been wondering what her aesthetic is. Her aesthetic is um, basically stenciled outline, just white lines of the icons mm -hmm. that are see-through to the background. It's, it's a nice aesthetic. But then there's one Thank icon you. that's a blue cloud and it's it really stands out because it's solid blue background, like white cloud. And I can't it's, change it's not fitting it. in. You can't I change can't it. can't change it. And mm. I can make a widget of it in awesome icons, but I can't drag it down into the dock on oh, 8.1. Yeah, yes. Okay, and so it's like ruining everything and... Now, like, I have nothing to put there. So I, I have, I have, how, how many spaces do I have? Because I actually never count. I have five spaces. Yeah. Four of them are of the icon pack, but like four doesn't make it, you know, and the, it's just, it's really harshing my chi. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I was never one of these icon pack people. I don't know why, but I, I can understand seeing your aesthetic, like why this bothers you. Uh, what about the extremely lo-fi solution of just blowing that app away and never using it again? I think I think the solution would just be that I cut down how many icons I have in the dock. Like I go down to three. I'll take out aloe because aloe doesn't need to be in the dock, which we'll talk about later on the podcast. You'll find out why. <laughs> um, more on that later. Uh, I, I think that I'm just going to have to drag that out and just not have a messaging app docked there and just kind of live life that way. Oh, I mean, I've, and, the, the other thing I've seen people do is the whole, I, okay, I have to know, does this bother you? So is the aesthetic just for your home screen or does it still bother you when you pull up the list of all your apps and some of those don't match? It's just for the home screen. So I, ha I, have, I have faked it. Uh, I, have, I have this is the home screen, which you oh, saw. Yes. Yep. And then I flip over. This is the second screen. And so I have a couple of different things here. Oh, okay. The second yes. screen has some violations there. I see a tasks app, yeah, which yeah, we yeah. might talk about later in the show as well. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and actually, the reason those two icons are there are because those are apps that I am trying right now. And then when I flip over the next screen, see, it's just, it's not, I'm not a consistent person. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that, the I last want, screen is just full of colorful icons. Yeah. I, I want to be able to, and that's the smart home section. That's the work section. I have like my agenda and my Google Keep and it. Uh, th- but you guys, this is why I love Android. This is why I love it. I just, every home screen, you know, the front screen is the front room of the house. You walk in, that's what you see. It's a living room. It's all nice and clean. (laughs) No one's going upstairs because upstairs is the third home screen where all the junk is. Yeah, it's where you throw like socks on the ground and there's like blankets everywhere. And so no one goes up there like who cares. Exactly. Uh, And I also keep it to those two screens because if I'm photographing the phone, I need to be able to have some variation. So. Okay, okay, like an uh, obvious question here, but have you ever tried the, the super minimalist thing where you just like there's only one icon on my home screen and everything else is just like my beautiful wallpaper? No, not your thing? I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm too, and, I'm too important for that. And I mean the, the, the stupid Russell question here because I don't, I don't customize a lot. It, is the problem that the icon packs just doesn't have an icon for that particular app? No, I'm sorry. I was taking a drink in the middle of that. No, the problem is that uh, 8.1 doesn't allow this app that worked so well in 7. It, uh, it just doesn't okay. work in in that way anymore. So they can't actually change the icon. It only makes a widget of the icon. And I tried to find an app that could do what I was asking for because there have been apps in the Play Store that have come and gone. Like I've used several over the years because an update will come and it'll break it. And then it's like, there goes Flo's version of customization. Oh, Flo, I, I've got I've got the ultimate solution for you. So I reckon we do a two-pronged attack here. One is we ask the listeners, we say, hey, can any of you like help Flo out? Because I have no idea. I'm an idiot. The other one is I know an icon superhero that uh, works inside Google, Mr. Nick Butcher, if he's listening. Oh, some yeah, you, that's right. Some of you might be familiar with him. He's obsessed with icons. Like I suppose that's his job. Um, but he was all about, you know, the the backgrounds on the icons and the two-layered icons and all the changes that sort of um, – came in more recent version of Android. I wonder if this doesn't offend him too much. I don't know how he feels about um, actually changing, you know, app icons. Maybe he's for, maybe he's against, I don't know. But if this doesn't offend him too much, I know he's done a lot of work in this area. Like is there some way to, for Flow to make this happen in, in 8.1? And if you're listening, Nick, if you're not too busy um, in the lead up to Google I.O., because why would you be? Like what, what's what's going on there? Nothing. Um, yeah, just tell us. Tell us secretly. Hey. We won't tell anyone it was you. But we no shade. Yeah. No shade to the current icons that exist. But like I said, my living room, my front room has to be prepared Wait for the a minute. guests. Wait a minute. Are you a Pocket Cast user? Of course I am. Have you modded our icon? Oh, yeah, I have. How dare you? How dare oh, you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it looks like in this version if you'd like to see. <laughs> oh, okay. It doesn't actually look that bad. It looks nice. But still, how dare you? <laughs> oh, I'm... You know, I never thought about that. I'm sorry to all the icon makers out there. I know that a lot <laughs> of work goes into that, and that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just think of it like I'm just putting a blanket over your furniture, but like the real piece is still under there, and I'm just preserving it. Uh, I'm I'm archiving these icons. So what you're saying is the blanket looks better than than our app icon. So the furniture no, that we've I'm chosen, protecting it from the dust. That's oh, what's happening. You're preserving it's, it. It's, Mm-hmm. One day Instead you'll take of, yes. the package off and it'll be as crisp, like fresh as yes. the day was. And you also, because presumably, oh yeah, your screen does have it. Your screen is OLED, so maybe you're saving like all those pixels that that do the different colors. Like you're just using the white. You're not wearing out the the red or the the green or the blue. Like it's it's fine. 
Yeah, I was one of those people who really got into like the wallpapers on the PC and the wallpapers on the here and the icon pack there. I just, you know, sorry, everyone. Yeah, I think to sort of wrap up this discussion, I think that's one of the beautiful things about Android and that's what you're saying mm-hmm. is that in um, – in iOS world, like good luck. There's, you can choose your wallpaper, and there are some apps that try and hack. Um, you know, leaving even leaving the simple th- action of leaving a space on your damn like homepage yes. is just so hard on iOS, if if not impossible. And you don't get a lot of options. You can choose the nicest wallpaper in the world, but after that, like it's it's out of your control because iOS is like, no, no, no. You don't know what you need. We know what you need. You're not changing any of this. Whereas I do love an Android that it's just part of the system that you can change the icons, you can change your launcher, you can do. Whatever you want, drop in a different SMS client, like go for it. Russell, you're traveling a lot. This must be a very tiring conversation <laughs> for you, I feel like. No, the reason I put this in the in the show, Doc, is I feel like if some of you are like, why does Russell sound so bad um, and why does he sound so incoherent and why does nothing he make, uh, says make any sense, just like the thing he just said then, my excuse is I'm traveling. So, you know, you get tired when you travel, you get extremely tired. Sometimes you fall asleep when you're not meant to. So just don't. Don't trust anything I say, basically. Just listen to Flo. She's, she's the master. Uh, we'll see about that. Let's see how well I can vamp today, shall we? Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Uh, shall we, shall we vamp? Uh, let's vamp quickly into an ad. Let's vamp it up. We'll get into our first act. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by our awesome friends over at Pingdom. The reason Pingdom is awesome is because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. Let's be real. Stuff breaks on the internet all the time. Every month, Pingdom detects around 13 million outages. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. So regardless of whether you have a small website or you're managing a complete infrastructure, it's super important to monitor its availability and performance. You really don't want your site to be down and know nothing about it until someone sends you a tweet or an email. And that's why you need Pingdom. It's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is the URL you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash realafm right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use our code, that's the code MATERIAL, at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Okay, so I, I had to I put together the doc. This week, uh, while Andy is out um, uh, playing his part in the board identity, um, <laughs> and I, I titled the first block of today as "News, News, News" because I just Three feel like, marks. yeah, I, I, I mean, I just feel like there's a kid on the corner. He's he's got his overalls, you know, one buckle undone, and he's he's going, you know, extra, extra. Read all about it. Your apps got updated today. Check your yeah. phones. Is he's actually not passing out newspapers because newspapers are far, you know, far and few in between these years. Uh, and anyway, you just check on your phone. So the first kind of big update, which is not just on your phone, this is also like across the web, is Gmail. Gmail. Oh, sorry, Gmail. Oh, Gmail. Yes, Gmail. Gmail. Right. Yes. Gmail. Is it hard to G or soft G? No one knows. But yes, Gmail has been updated. I find. 
and we'll go through like a few other updates as well. I find this really curious that most other companies in the lead up to an event, like Google has Google I.O. coming up in two weeks' time, normally they're just radio silence. They just go dead silent. You know, they might talk to reporters or whatever and embargo them. But it's very rare that you release new stuff. But Google's like, new Gmail, how about it? Like here's, here's all the new stuff that you're going to get. And some of it looks really cool for I don't know if you had a chance to, to check it out. No, I have not. Uh, and that is that is a pox on me. That's because I am so used to going to inbox.com now. Yes, whatever that, inbox that's dot. my app of choice as well. Mail, so I have to go to mail.google.com, which I like never type in anymore, right? Because I yep. haven't really been going there. And it takes me to inbox.com. Hold on. You. The trick is in that pull out side <laughs> menu, there's a Gmail button. It took me ages to figure this out. <laughs> okay, so that's... One thing. Oh, I still have the old uh, is the old the old Gmail. Yes. So there's a few interesting things to point out here. One is that um, in typical Google fashion, Inbox was introduced, I want to say, quite a while ago now, maybe like four years ago. And originally we thought, oh, this is the replacement for Gmail. Gmail is going to disappear because now they're working in Inbox. But really, they just work on both in parallel. And now you have um, two email clients from Google. Um, luckily, unlike most Google products where there's like 12 of everything, it, they're both maintained, it seems like, which is which is like that's unusual. That's good. But then um, I have I've played with some of these these new features. And i got to say, even just some of the little design touches look, look really cool. You got there? Sorry. Flo, I didn't mean to interrupt live. you. She's reporting from the ground. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, I was very excited. No, no. Go uh, for it. Okay. So I have three views I could choose from a default view, comfortable view, and compact view. What should I do, Russell? What should I do? <laughs> you definitely want to be comfortable, Nate. Okay. I'm going to do comfortable. Um, and it looks exactly like the page I was just on, except. <laughs> no, 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 no. But hold on, hold on. I, I'm. Coming to a point here, it looks exactly like the page I was just on, except we are no longer in, what year was that? 2008. We are now in 2018. Yes. We are in the right year. Um, and it's got the same tabs as it's always had, and it's got pretty much the same three-column layout is what I've got going on here. And they kept the same background that I've had. Yes. They, they love their backwards compatibility of their, their backgrounds. Very important. Yes, still here. Uh, still little hangouts, which, by the way, I haven't like like nobody contacts me any there anymore. Uh, little ooh, little icons for calendar and keep and tasks. Yeah, and and some of the the little things I like is is apart from the design changes. So you you can go through. We'll link to the the blog post that Google put up about this. Um, they got a whole bunch of phishing changes to do with you know enterprise security and trying to stop people from getting fished. Um, and a huge focus on artificial intelligence. And I've I don't know if you've seen this flow, but I've started to see this roll out into um, inbox a lot. So. It'll say, hey, this email looks important or, hey, this, this yep. was directly to you or, hey, you sent this inquiry to someone like four days ago and they never responded to it. Do you want to follow up? Which feels on the one hand a little bit passive aggressive but on the other hand so awesome. It's, it's, it's like really, having an assistant that's actually helping you to be like, hey. As a freelancer with no intern, I have no intern, okay? I haven't convinced anybody to come live in my home for free and do all of my work <laughs> for free. You should do it. Just, just get one fresh from college. I have an extra room. Yeah. So, You're like, hey, you free know. accommodation. All you have to do is work <laughs> 10 hours a day and just make all my meals. 10 and hours. Isn't that what interns do? No. Isn't that internment? Isn't that, that where the, the word gonna, intern comes to, from? They need to do at least 12. There's, this is at least oh, 12. 12 okay, day. yeah. Good. All good right. Point. Flo has a lot of needs. Anyway, uh, listen, I am what? Ooh, here's a button that lets me pause inbox so I can stop new, me, new email. Oh, stop new email from coming into your inbox at all 
Yeah. I thought that just meant pause inbox. Like, I'll stop taking you to the inbox page because. <laughs> Being better if the email back. It's like, nope, this inbox is full. It's on pause. Can't I get that? Um, you also get yeah. some of the the cool scheduling stuff that uh, has this been in Gmail before? I know it's been in inbox for a long time, but you can say, I'll deal with this like next week. Is that, I'm pretty sure that's new to Gmail, right? Yes. I also have a plugin called Boomerang that I use that ah, lets yes, me schedule. That. Uh, lets me schedule emails to go at a certain time because I like to send out emails at uh, 9 a.m. East Coast time when I'm asleep. Make sure they get out there. Uh, carried over, perfectly fine. Also, there is an apps, like, uh, or rather, what is this, add-ons? The G Suite Marketplace. I do find this to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I know a few of our listeners wrote in to tell us how excited they were about the Gmail changes. I know there's a ton of you that still refuse to use Inbox for whatever reason. You're like Gmail 100%, 110% all the way for life. Um, so this is, yeah, super exciting. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a nice change, Eric. This is great. Uh, you know, I have to say Google's just giving me Google's just giving me what I need to like run my own business here, basically. <laughs> just giving me an office suite. <laughs> Like I already, I use the invoice template from, you know, Google Docs. Like I don't even change anything. I just, you know, just don't have time for that. Just do it for me. Um, so it's pretty great. I'm happy about this. And, I mean, but you're, you're happy, right? But did you feel super annoyed that the app you have to do your to-dos in is called Keep? You're like, oh, I wish it wasn't called Keep. And I, I wish was. Google would just create an entirely separate app that's not connected to this at all that doesn't rely on this experience. And I'm really They've annoyed. They've always had this app. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, had this app. I'm really annoyed by the, the to-dos that are in my Google Assistant and the reminders. They're just like, oh, no, yeah. I, need a, I need a third way to do everything. That, that's what I've been thinking. Right. So we are alluding to the fact that Google Tasks, new Google Tasks, new Google Tasks, they are in the Play Store. <laughs> so if you want to go Google that, Google Google Tasks in the Google Play Store. Um, yes, don't just type in tasks like I did because you'll never find that. You have to put in Google Tasks. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you might find some weird things. Uh, yeah, so Google Tasks is an app. And so I downloaded it. I installed it, of course. Um, I'm excited about this. Very funny. Sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> That's been coming for a while. Sorry about that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Very, very long time ago, when I started working as a professional, I used the tasks uh, feature that was inside Gmail because it was that. great and it was yeah. so helpful. And then I kind of stopped using it for whatever reason. And I found all these tasks from like 2011, just <laughs> sitting in there. Zombie 2012. Tasks. It's just like all the way back to when. Um, so it was great to finally be able to clear that out, which the app does let you do. It has like a, a little option in the drawer that um, that lets you delete or delete all completed tasks or delete list. Uh, you can rename them. You can start new ones. It's so simple. It's just like, yes. boom, yeah, my so tasks. Exactly. I, I found the same thing when I opened it. Like it's it's a very clean sort of um, minimal interface. There's there's some interesting um, new UI things going on in there as well. Like for example, I, I don't know how much do other people have used like um, Keep and stuff like that, but this this app is very like gesture focused. So there's a really nice animation as you go. You kind of pull. Uh, left to right, that's the direction. And the, the little circle that's like the thing you'd normally check um, slowly animates between like being a circle and actually being a tick, which I think is a really nice touch. It's just like, yeah, you're, you're ticking this task and there's a quick way to go like 
you know, swipe, swipe, swipe. At the bottom, you've got a thing that we used to call the hamburger menu slash the junk menu, which used to be in the the top left. And it it it's weird to me because it doesn't do what you think it'll do. You think like, oh, maybe it'll swipe in from the side. It actually swipes at a, I don't know what Google calls this, maybe like a bottom sheet or something like that, directly from uh, the the bottom of the app. And that that's kind of like a an interesting sort of interface paradigm where you you've got create new list, you've got send feedback, you've got open source licenses because I guess that's a, a legal requirement. But wait, yeah. wait, wait. So are you talking about the bottom interface thing? Yeah, the little hamburger looking icon that pops the thing. So up. we were talking a little bit about this on All About Android yesterday. Sorry to, but I just I'm talking a lot about we're everyone's talking about this interface these interface changes that are coming. And the one thing is that the navigation is going to be moved to the bottom. And I'm just, this is just like resonating so much right now because we're slowly, I feel like we're slowly being pushed. Like, hey kids. All right. We're going out to the playground now. Okay. Let's get everybody. You know, we're all just little preschoolers and we're just being corralled right now to go outside into the sandbox and get some sun. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even even down to the add new task button. So generally we used to um, what Google calls the fab being like a round circle mm-hmm. and this one's like a stretched out, uh, what's, oblong? Bar. bar. What do you call a circle that gets stretched? Is that an oblong? That's the wrong shape, I think. It's a bar. It's, it's a, a pill. Bar. Oh, no, it's, it's a pill shape. It's pill, a, it's a yeah. Pill that's, shape. That's the word. It's, an old, it's a long pill. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pill. Um, I, mean, I know some designers out there who can tell us what it's really called. Hint, hint. Yeah, right, right in if you know. Um, the other thing that lets you do some things that um, Keep didn't let you do and whatever other the Google thing you're using, you can create subtasks. So you can say, this is my overall task or whatever. I can tick that off if I want. And I can put a whole bunch of subtasks um, underneath it. That's that's kind of a nice feature. You know, it's nice. It's yeah. just nice. And, I mean, it's it, it we could fall into the trap of talking about you know how there's there's already to dos and tasks in other parts of Google but it's a nice app. There's no yeah. need. No need. There's no need. <laughs> no, I mean there really isn't because this is all part of like when you're gonna be when you're gonna be joining this uh, when you're at an organization and you're joining the Google the G Suite like this is all gonna be a part of it and so it's fine it exists out there it's a part of it that's really what it's supposed to be it's not. It's not going to move any mountains. It's not here to change anybody's habits. It's just a part of the G Suite. You are a professional. You're using Google. Google's professional is going to provide you with this. So, yeah. And I, I think this, this also tackles um, a criticism I've heard a lot. Like I, I move in the corporate circles a bit, you know, with big corporations and stuff. And what a lot of people say is like, hey, we use G Suite because it's, it's cheap, it's collaborative, it syncs, but isn't it ugly? Like, you know, look at the design. It's it's hideous. And Google has combated that directly with a lot of their like recent releases. Like now Inbox looks amazing. Like Gmail looks amazing. Like this new to-do thing looks amazing. A lot of their interfaces have been like refreshed and revamped. And I feel like it's it's getting to the point now where you look at the things inside G Suite and you're like, you know what, these things actually look and function like really nicely. I feel so professional. <laughs> I, you know, I just love like picking a template and just like sending it in. Oh, look at me, I'm professional with my free resources and I appreciate it quite frankly. So keep it coming. Um, Russell. Yes. I'm very curious to hear your take on Google's new podcast strategy, <laughs> yes, which, by the way, just podcast like strategy, I love it. A possible new podcast strategy. So, okay, there's this there's this uh, podcast network called Pacific Content. Uh, they have like their own original podcast, just like us here at the Relay FM network. 
Um, and in their blog, they're publishing this five-part series of an interview with Google Podcast Product Manager Zach Renault Widin, which I believe is how you repronounce his last name. I hope I did that right. So he was interviewed by Pacific Content. Um and he's just talking about what uh, what the product strategy is, the future trajectory. So kind of to start off with, um, podcasts will start showing up in the Google search as a first-class citizen, quote-unquote, alongside the text, image, and video results you're used to seeing. So that kind of makes sense. Like when you're in Google – you're going, you're searching for things, uh, little cards that come up. They're like interactive cards, right? In that sort of sense. Like each yeah, yeah. search, if it's an important search result, it'll be kind of a card and it'll offer actions. And I am assuming this will be part of that. Your podcast listening experience will be seamless across devices and contexts, thanks to Google Assistant. So that's a hint. That's a hint. <laughs> wink, we, wink. We, we were we were talking about that a couple many podcasts go here material podcast about just how hard it is to get uh, Google to play our podcast yeah to tell it to play our podcast because of the way that you have to interact with Google Assistant and so I'm assuming that's what it's related to I'm assuming I'm hoping that it also includes um, the ability to like pick up where I left off please instead of me having to like ma- tell it you know okay shuffle to twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I hope so as well. Like you said, Flo, we we're kind of in the podcasting space. Like we we have this sort of small podcast on on Relay FM. You're obviously um, on other podcasts, like all about Android as well. So it, it's it's always been a thing that when you ask, um, you go to any content author and you say, "Hey, like, um, you know, if it's public or you don't mind sharing, like, can can we see your stats?" And Twit Twit's very open about that. They're like, here you go. And what what do you see at the top of like almost every show is the Apple Podcasting app. It's like at forty percent, or it's at sixty percent, or sometimes as high as like seventy, eighty, ninety percent. Because for some you know historic reason, Apple sort of led the charge into the the modern sort of podcasting era with with iTunes and later their sort of mobile app and what you always uh, I'm always surprised by is that there's a whole bunch of content um, you know for other countries or you know different demographics where the actual potential listener base would skew very very Android like to the 80 sort of 90 percent and yet it's still always Apple at the top of both of these things and I, I lay some of this blame at the feet of Google it's like if if they had a better podcasting strategy that was just way easier to use, way easier to understand, hey, maybe a dedicated app, Google, um, that someone could just tap on and be like, oh, what's a podcast? Let's, let's find out more because let's rewind a little bit. Like in the early days, Google had an app called Listen and the app had a lot of potential but it was horrendous. That. Like it was it was very, I believe it was a 20% project. Like it was very sort of early days of podcasting. Like it was very much looked like a proof of concept that someone was going to um, – expand on and then it just went nowhere like the, i think the project got pulled eventually like google removed off the store it just didn't have the development deserved later on we got podcasting google play music of all places which i was never a fan of like my music app doesn't need podcasts like spotify is going down this route as well i'm like i understand that's maybe a logical place it looks like to put them but please no and then that never rolled out past the u.s as far as i know it never made it to australia like every time i come to the u.s like the podcasting section appears and then when i leave the country Google's like no more podcasts for you like bye-bye and then we had a, um in google assistant um sort of with these card things that kind of surfaced and now it's in google search and i, I don't know that much about this stuff but i know some of it is done by completely different teams that that don't talk to each other and it's like I feel like Google is doing the world a huge disservice. Like I, I know I make a podcasting app, my company does, so we we have like a financial interest in in whatever. And you might think like, oh, Russell doesn't want Google to get into this space because that's bad for his business. That's actually really good for our business. If Google can 
onboard a whole bunch of like new users. And we see this with the Apple app, right? Apple introduces a ton of people to podcasting. And once they're not satisfied with the Apple experience or Apple screws something up or they just want a little bit more, what do they do? They they like, oh, well, Apple makes a podcasting app. There must be other podcasting apps. And they find apps like, you know, ours and and other ones sort of made by, you know, great developers around the world. And that's actually really good for our business. And it's really good for you and I, Flo, like who do podcasting to know that there's these big companies sort of pushing people into the space and actually discovering our content. And so for the longest time, you look at Google strategy, or I do anyway, and I'm like, what are you doing, Google? Like, I just, I don't, I don't fathom it. I don't understand. Russell, can I tell you something that I do a lot you can. of? So I'm on Instagram, you know, it's a social network. Yes, you're the one that taught me that Instagram has a chat interface, by the way. I feel so old. (laughs) Um, It's like my social network. I've like, I went from one Facebook property to another. Hello, welcome to 2018. I think they're in the top three chat apps in the world, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. So anyway, I follow a lot of like celebrities and influencers, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's my little social network. So um, sometimes there are a lot of podcast people that I follow on there. I like to keep up with them when they're off the mic. And oftentimes they um, will list the iTunes link and then I will in the Instagram post and then I will see comments like, hey, how do I get it on Android? Are you on Android? Like, where can I get it? So what I've started doing and I just want everybody out there to know I do this because, first of all, Russell's my friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like and, where this is going. Okay. And second of all, it's also the app that I use. So uh, is I get the Pocket Casts short link and I go, hey, if you need to get it on Android, you can find it at apps like here, link, or you can get it on Spotify, blah, blah, blah. So I like I have this little cut and paste like phrasing and so I'll go like get the link to the podcast, and then I'll like leave it in there. And um, I've noticed now, after a couple of weeks, that uh, some of the information that I've been relaying in the comments has been getting to the owners of the accounts because they'll mention like in iTunes for iPhone users and Android users. Here are some apps you could try, and they'll nice. like list out some of the apps I mentioned. It's. <laughs> 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 Nobody knows how to get podcasts on Android. I know. And the other problem is that authors, you might think like, authors, what idiots? They don't promote it. But what happens is they release their app and they're like, oh, iTunes must be the place to do it or whatever. That's the logical place to start. And then they see the stats and let's say 70% of the users come from Apple. They're like, oh, I'll put in the Apple link. Like who cares about everyone else? But that, that, that is sort of like a cycle, right? They don't put the links to all the other apps, not just ours, like every other sort of way to get um, podcasts on Google. And they don't think to potentially because there's not like a, a coherent first-party strategy from Google that's like here's the one way to link to podcasts inside Google that works across the world, not just in the US. Like it just doesn't exist. And I, I hope this comes some way to solving that. I mean, um, Zach, the the Google product manager that was interviewed for this, it, I'm quoting him here. He says, our team's mission is to help double the amount of podcast listening in the world over the next couple of years. And I really I really hope his team can actually achieve that. Like, I mean, I have my doubts as someone who works in this industry, but I hope they can because what what we need is for that, um, you know, the d- diversity of listeners as well as the diversity of voices. Like, because if, if you think about if you make a podcast that's not about Apple and maybe it's not about Apple tech, which is, you know, super popular and it's not like a, a, a mainstream story-driven podcast, you might be making a podcast for some particular region of the world or some particular, um, you know, ethnicity of, of your listeners that's, you know, authentic to, to that sort of um, that sort of area. And if you can't get people on Android to listen to it, that could be like 90% of your user base. That's, that's, that's not a good thing. Plus, podcasts are the new radio. 
Yeah. Just got to get sorry to all the broadcasters out there. But uh, okay, it's not the new radio. I'm sorry. It is in a it, it's a new medium that has grown in, you know, we, as you are listening to us here, I'm sure, and I'm, I really certainly do hope you've worked us into your weekly rotation. Um, because I mash the subscribe button, guys, just mash that subscribe button. All right. (laughs) Uh, you know, podcasts are my radio. And part of the reason is because I've sort of, uh, I've insulated myself a lot more. Yes, admittedly, but, uh, but it's because I like this content a lot. So it'd be nice for everybody to have that. Darn it. Yeah. I mean, the, the only ask I have, and I know this is this is just like every other thing that Google's ever done, is can we just have one strategy? Like, we don't need three. Just just get the three teams together or have any two. There could be more teams. There could be six for all I know inside Google working on podcast stuff. Um, get them all in the same room. Have one way to link to, link to um, podcasts and episodes and things like that. Like, decide on the strategy. Communicate it to podcasters so that – and I'm, I'm just annoyed by this as you are, Flo. Flo dropped into the show notes like – what about podcast hosts like constantly asking for iTunes reviews? The, the reason they do that is because that's how you. That's one of the ways you boost your ranking inside iTunes. And the reason that's so important is because Google doesn't have um, a coherent strategy. So a lot of people don't bother trying to boost their ranking in you know Google or Spotify or whatever because the Apple one is currently the only one that matters to a lot of podcast authors. Like it's it's a sad set of affairs. Like I, I hope they can fix that. Uh, you know, I think this is just the platform that we're going to have to take on is uh, bring podcast to Android. I think we finally got to really gotta do it. I agree. Shall we? Uh, so very quickly before we jump into our next ad uh, of the show, I did mention earlier that uh, I had mentioned Aloe earlier. You did? I do, apolo- I do apologize because I did not. You mentioned removing it. Like what's, what's replacing it? I did. I said because we'd be talking about it later. And I apologize that we're not actually talking about it. Oh, Flo. Flo, I didn't put it in the show notes. And I realized realized that I I just, there's a lot of, anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on with Google messaging. So um, Google chat, Google chat. We didn't talk about Google chat. Darn it. That's my fault. (laughs) That's because the entire internet talks about Google chat. It's true. It's, it's true. It's the poster child for like, hey, look, Google has 35 like messaging apps yeah. and they're introducing a new one. So that's what I meant when I said we talk about it later because I thought we were going to talk about Google Chat, but we're not actually. So, but like Russell said, <laughs> I think that's the most professional bait and switch. This is this is why Flo is like a professional, like you know, a consummate professional, and why I'm just an amateur because I could have never thought of something like that. I'm sorry, everyone, to like <laughs> be sorry. It's good. today's show. Um, but we do have some good, some more good material for you. So <laughs> on the material, definitely podcast. not a bait and switch. Wait, wait till this ad's over, and you you won't believe what happens next. This episode of Material is brought to you by Slack. Slack is a collaboration hub that lets you organize your team's work in easily searchable channels. You can use Slack for projects, interests, teams, or for your office. And when you do, you'll know all the right people are always in the loop, all the relevant information is in one place, and it's easy for new team members to get up to speed. Slack helps you dramatically reduce the number of emails you need to send, and it helps streamline your team's communication. With Slack, your team can make use of real-time messaging, video and voice calls, group file sharing, searchable archives, all in one easy-to-use app. Plus, you can use drag-and-drop file sharing that works with apps you already use, like Google Drive, Salesforce, and Zendesk. And Slack works wherever you do. Their mobile app for iOS and Android syncs seamlessly, so you can always pick up where you left off no matter where you are. Here at Material, we use Slack 
This is, uh, this is, you know, how Andy Russell and I talk about things that are going on as we're talking about things. It's great, it's quick, it's fast, and uh, it can fly under the radar even when we're talking at this speed. To learn more about Slack, head to slack.com. That's slack.com. Super easy. Thanks to Slack for their support of Real FM and for giving us an easy way to communicate. Slack, where work happens. All right, so our dear friend Andy... Yes, is out. So I've decided uh, to take over. <laughs> I'll I'm I'm so excited for this next segment. You, you have no idea. So I'm not. I'm not actually taking over. Um, but we. She is, we, she is taking over. Sorry. What? I, no. 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 We. We talked about doing a little smart hominess here on Material because, like, it's becoming more of a part of the Google way of living. It's not just the phone anymore. Like outside of the phone, it is also all these little devices live in the home. And I like write about all this stuff now. So it just makes sense that whatever I am figuring out here, I would like to relay some of those things to everyone out there so that they can kind of know how to make the most of this stuff um, that's out there. So we'll do this once in a while, see how it goes. I'm I'm super excited because like when it comes to home automation flow, I consider you uh, my guru, my... uh, I don't want to call you my tech guru or whatever, but my home automation guru that I turn to for like flow. Like, tell us, tell us about what's new, like in this space. I'm a baby guru. Not only that, but in, in the background, way. I should point out, I can see like twelve different smart devices in, in your Skype background. Oh, <laughs> oh, Russell. Anyway, let's talk about the Google Home. That's what we're actually going to talk about today. Excellent. So I was thinking, you know, let's talk about real quick, very quickly, about the Google Home as kind of. <clears throat> excuse me, this concept of a smart hub. Ooh. Russell, do you know what a smart hub is? Uh, it's not the hub of a, a car wheel. I'm going to guess it's like the hub is the thing at the center of a whole bunch of spokes, right? So it's the thing that um, controls all the stuff in your home? Correct, Russell. Oh. Very correct. Hopefully there's lollies now, or something afterwards. Here's the thing. Sorry, no lollipops here, but no. here's the thing. Uh, the Google Home doesn't do what a smart hub does. Uh, there are these two protocols called Zigbee and Z-Wave. They're used in smart home connectivity. So some brands like the Philips Hue, they use this connection standard to connect to kind of allow like their own stream of connection away from your Wi-Fi, away from your Bluetooth, uh, so that it's not kind of interfering with everything else going on in your home. Yeah, I've noticed that when I installed the Philips Hue, it made me um, have this little base station thing that you got to mm-hmm. plug into your router, and then it kind of does its own, I don't know the details, meshing network, I'm sure Flo knows. But it, it does its own thing, basically, yeah. That's, that is correct. Uh, and also the Amazon Echo Plus has, um, I think it's Zigbee. Yes, that, the Plus? Is that the one with the screen, the round thing? No, actually, and I apologize, Russell, because I'm I just... I don't actually know what Amazon's brought over to Australia, so it's possible I'm just like blah blah blah. But it's uh, it's the the one that has I believe it's Zigbee connectivity built into it. It's a little bit taller, uh, and it's gray, and uh, it kind of acts as a smart yes. hub. And they bundle it with like a Philips Hue light bulb, which oh, you can connect to that instead of the hub that Philips has you buy. Oh, lights. Because that, that's what know. that hub is. That hub just has that component that's inside the that's just bundled inside the Amazon Echo Plus. That's interesting. So how how is the Google Home like the hub then? Does it does it have some of this stuff in it? No. But uh-huh. and I just wanna say it was Zigbee. Yes, it's Zigbee. I you know, sometimes I mix up Zigbee and Z Wave. It happens to the best of us. Um so it's not a traditional hub in the sense of how you would think of a hub, but I have to say 
that I've noticed if you have a lot of Wi-Fi controlled smart home devices, the Google Home is kind of a perfect way to bring it all together because the Google Home app, I should say. Because when you go into home control and you tap on manage accounts, which is in the home control screen, um, in the more more settings, you know, yes, we've talked about this before. Yes, more settings, I know. Settings, more settings, advanced settings. I yes. know. And also, I apologize because the terminology I use out loud is the terminology I use when I'm writing. So that's why it's like very annoyingly technical. But anyway, um, so you can check on your link services. So any services that you link in the Google Home app, you see. Uh, okay, so Flo showed me a whole bunch of services that she's linked in the manage account section. Cool. You have a lot, but that's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, right now I have LifeX. I have a LifeX bulb that's connected. LifeX is uh, one of the main competitors to Philips Hue, at least here in the United States. And um, their stuff is is just as great as Philips. If And actually their colors are brighter. They're actually brighter bulbs than the Philips Hue. And they're Australian, mate. Are they? Yes. Okay. So they are Australian. So you, you have them down under. Yes. Duh. They're, yes. They're I used to know some of the there. people that work there. They gave me a whole bunch of free bulbs, but none of them work there anymore. So I can't get any more bulbs for no, that's a bummer because they're pretty good bulbs. So if you have those bulbs and you have a bunch of them, you just like hook them up in the Google Home app and then boom, there's all your assistant capabilities. And then you just like use your voice to do all of that, which is great. Uh, if you've got like smart things, that's a hub. So that's if you've got smart things, thing? that's a hub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, smart things include Zigbee and Z-Wave. So it like connects all the things. It's I don't want to go down the whole path of hubs because that kind of veers us away from from Google. But that I just want to say, if you are thinking of starting, kind of starting out with a smart home, and you want to start out with bulbs, yeah, and you you don't have to buy the Philips Hue with the oh, hub. Interesting. You don't have to do the whole hub thing if you don't want to. You can just do Wi-Fi connected. Also, um, TP-Link here they have outlets that are awesome. Those are also Wi-Fi connected, so they don't. Well, when you say outlet, you mean like a, a power plug? A thing smart or? outlet. Ah, mm-hmm. so one you can turn yeah. on and off and yep. that kind of and thing. Do, it does energy monitoring. So if, oh, you've got like an, if you've got an air conditioning unit in your window, then maybe you can check and see, you know, how much power it's pulling or whatever, which is very helpful. And so there are a lot of brands out there. I think G, no, GE relies on a standard. So that's just a little tip out there for anybody with the Google Home. Look for stuff that connects via Wi-Fi, not via Zig, Zigbee or Z-Wave because then oh, that relies so – if I'm in some big box retailer, like in America, you've got Best Buy. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about the accent. Um, <laughs> what do I look for on the box? Like how, how do I know this is going to work? You'll see um, – sorry, I took another sip in the middle of that. I thought I had time. <laughs> sorry, you will I see... talked too fast. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> you will see uh, – shoot, what's it, what's it say on it? Works with Google Assistant? Uh, or made, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like. what I mean? Yeah. And there's that little, the Google logo, the three colors or whatever it is. Yeah, you'll see the Google Assistant logo and that's how you'll know it works with the Google Home app, which is very awesome. And so if it works with the Google Home app, then it also obviously works with the Google Home speaker, right? I know that sounds like a dumb question, but yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, It's just like a quote unquote hacky way. It's not really hacky. It's just, you don't need to buy all that smart home stuff if you don't want to, because they cost like a hundred bucks just for the... Yeah, they ain't cheap. You look at the Philips Hue like starter pack, and you're like, four light bulbs. Uh, wow, this is this is quite pricey. Well, Philips's stuff is just 
pricey, I think also because it's a very well-known international brand name and they're like, hey, we're Phillips. What you going to do about it? <laughs> Put the name Guess on what? there. I'll, I'll go Nothing. to my 30%. That's how it works. <laughs> I still give you the money. How much you want for a bulb? 60 bucks? Got it. Take it. Um, okay. So moving on from, from bulbs and gadgets. And by the way, if any of y'all have any questions out there, like just write us. That's a really good idea. Yeah, we can answer them or Flo can answer them on the show. Just write us. Yeah. So I just want to quickly talk about the difference between shortcuts and routines because this is another thing that people have been tweeting me and emailing me about over the last couple of months, actually. And so when you go into the Google Home app, again, because that is the central command for our Google-led smart home, you would go into the, again, the settings drawer, then you would go into more settings because that's not confusing. And then you would scroll all the way down under services. And so you have shortcuts and you have routines. So routines, I think we mentioned this when we talked about them when they first came out, lets you basically edit a bunch of actions that have already been a bunch of, let's you edit a package of, of routines <laughs> A package of commands. <laughs> routines that you... Uh, commands, I like. Yes. Yes. So each routine... So at present, there are six routines that you can choose from. Good morning, bedtime, leaving home, I'm home, commuting to work, commuting home. These are the things that you would say to the Google Assistant to initiate these things. So when you say a certain word, which you can program in the yep. Google Home app, then you can choose what your assistant's going to do and Google will give you options. So for the good morning option, you can take your phone off silent, you can adjust lights and the plugs, and then you would go into the settings menu and you would you would just kind of play around with that. Oh, cool, cool. So the, the one phrase and I can trigger like a whole bunch of actions just based on that one phrase. Mm-hmm, precisely. And it's all laid out for you perfectly in the routine section. So it's super easy to understand. Click the settings the gear icon anytime you see it for to customize that ability. And then once it's done, tap the check mark at the top to save everything. Make sure to save. And then you can back out of it, no problem. And it should work just fine, which is cool. awesome. And if now shortcuts are if you just like to say things a certain way, this is the way that I use them. Yep. If you like to say things a certain way, you can program that here without having to go through a service like IFTTT. Yeah, okay. So if if I have some kind of light bulb and I don't want to say like, hey, trigger word, um, turn on blah, I can just say happy days or something or happy dance and it can yes. it can do that one task, right? Exactly. Or you can say something like um like play me a song or I'm feeling blue. So Ooh, when you okay. say something like I'm feeling blue and then it so the shortcuts menu screen will have a floating action button there, a fab, if you will, that you can tap and uh, you can create your new shortcut. So when you say something like, I'm feeling blue to your Google Assistant, then below it, you will type out what Google Assistant should do. So when I'm feeling blue, I'm going to type in play, play. That Windows 95 launch song. Um, yes. Do, 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 no idea what it's called though. Sorry. That's Eiffel 65. Yeah. Right. So when I, I say I'm in the house blue, and it is all blue. Then you have to type out play Eiffel 65. So it, it, you, you're typing out as if what you would have said to the Google mm-hmm. Assistant, right? Precisely. Okay. And it, there's only you can only get it to do one thing. So that shortcut links to one command that you put in there. You can only get it to do 
two things. Two things. Yes, because okay. Google Assistant, the Google Assistant will accept um, two commands at once. So uh, this and that. Uh, so you yes. can program a this and that. Yeah, if so you, you can say to. do this and then do that. I could say I'm feeling blue. So it would say I would say uh, play Eiffel's play blue by Eiffel sixty five and turn the living room lights blue. Oh, that's where I have awesome. my hue lights. And then I would just, whatever, create that whole thing. So you can just play around with those shortcuts as you like. And the nice thing about, again, we were talking a lot about on today's episode, the nice things about being Android and Google users. And then one nice thing about being a Google user is everything is super like family friendly. Like this is for anybody to figure out how to use. And I will say absolutely in this case, this is like, it, it walks you through with all the prompts that you need. Um, you just have to go in and give yourself some time to explore. Nice, because that is sometimes the thing about home automation for people that haven't done a lot of it is it does seem a little bit intimidating. You're like, oh, am I going to be able to figure all this out? And is this, is this stuff like too complicated? But this sounds like it kind of holds your hand through the process like of setting all this stuff up. The companies are actually working. Obviously, it is in their best interest to make it work for us because that yeah. means we spend a lot of money, which uh, I'm just – spoiler alert, you do. <laughs> I'm your perfect case. <laughs> um, so, you know – it, it is in their best interest to have this stuff work. And I think as they're realizing that people are actually interested in buying this stuff, they're making it a lot easier. And I think especially like Google is going to, it's going to, the whole point is to make this easy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad they have. And I'm, I'm also glad, Flo, that you've told me the difference between routines and shortcuts because I, I actually didn't know that. That confused me as well. Um, I mean, I, I think that's it. That's that's my interpretation of it. This is not I have not scientifically checked this and I I do apologize. No, Flo hath said it and therefore it is gospel. That's that's how we operate on this show. I mean, I did try to look at the support pages and the way that I understood is this is how they work. <laughs> so, you know, go play go home and play with your yeah. Google Home stuff today. Go play with it. Do it. And I mean, if, if any of the stuff Flo has said um, has encouraged you to play with some of the stuff you've already got or you went out and bought some new stuff, like write in and tell us. Like we'd, we'd love to know about your setup and what kind of things you've been trying. Oh, I would love to hear people's setups actually because I have just been painstakingly setting mine up for the last like nine months or what seems like it's been. It's been longer than that actually because um, I bought the Google Home the minute it was announced. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it. must have, must have. Yeah, I just, it, it's fine. That's what credit cards are for. Anyway. Mm. Well, would you say you're a little bit of a Google fan as well? That's maybe what, to, what drove you Listen, straight to the store. Hey, okay. If you can go, if people out there can wait in line for the Apple store, okay, I yep. can pre order a dang Google Clips. I have no shame about it. How is that going, All by right? the way? Oh man, I <laughs> used it in a long time. <laughs> I just remembered that about it today. I just remembered about it today, but don't worry, it's going back in rotation, and uh, there's a good reason to keep watching it. Ooh, ooh, yeah, another teaser from Flo. You're really good at this, by the way. The, the whole teaser thing coming up in the I future. I think I'm just really looking forward to Google I/O. <laughs> yes, two two weeks. Am I right, Flo? Two weeks. I'm just. Away. I'm not sure how we're going to be able to to like. It's Google I.O. and then it's my birthday. It's <laughs> just oh really excited. Which, which one are you more excited about? I have to know. Google I.O. or your birthday? I'm excited that both of them are happening like the same day. <laughs> and I'm also happy that I don't have to share my day with the keynote either. 
I like. <laughs> that I feel like that was You're specifically like, Damn planned. It, Sundar, it's my birthday. No, Sundar knew. Sundar knew. He said, "We're not doing this on Flo's birthday." Yeah. Okay. I sat down. They do the scheduling, and the, and the all his team of like he's probably got twelve assistants. They're like, "This is the date we think uh, we've we've done all the modeling." And Sundar's like, "Nope." It's Flo's birthday. Not doing on Flo's birthday. And no, like, it's true ah. because. And then six of them were fired on the spot. They're just like, you no. idiots. Like, you should have figured Keynote day is the busiest day. You get up the earliest on the keynote day. If you're covering the press, you're there at like 7 a.m. Because 7 you got to get your space in line. You Or whatever, 8 a.m. You got to get your space in line. Yeah. You want to be first to get in and, and get those spaces. Uh, then you have to, you know, and then you have to like come up with narratives afterward about everything. Let me tell you Not- something really interesting that I noticed you in the keynote. Let me thread this needle for you. This is how reporters talk, by the way, in case you want to. It's true. We yeah. all talk. They're all very intellectual. Like They're all trying to find the, the themes and the, the subtext and the reading between the lines. That, that's, i got to say, not to rub it in, but that's one reason I really like not being a journalist for that one day of the year. It's like I can just sit back and let this stuff wash over me. Like it's just good to, to take it all in. That must like be nice. A, yeah, and I know behind me, because normally <laughs> at Google, I'm assuming they're doing the same thing this year, um, all the developers kind of sit in the stands of this amphitheatre mm-hmm. and behind us in these boothy type things are all the reporters. You know, they got their laptops and their 12 Wi-Fi connections and they're madly trying to like write articles and do live streams and take pictures. We are and we're so moody like, too. Ah. We are all just incredibly moody. We're all just like. But didn't they put you in the <gasps> sun last time as well? There was a, there was a bit of sunshine involved. No, no, no. Those are, those the, are the lawn folks, which ah. I I'm so sorry for those who have to sit on the lawn. It's the classes of people, the de- the developers, the reporters, and then the lawn folks out the back, which I believe last year were mostly Google employees that got baked back there. Um, and being San Francisco, who knows, they might have got baked more than uh, one way. I'm sorry, please, everyone wear joke. sunscreen at Google I.O. this year. Please. Yes. If just, any of you... Um, just stop uh, not wearing sunscreen. Are sensitive to the it. sun. Uh, I'm not going to mention any uh, stereotypes here. But if you're sensitive to the sun in any way whatsoever and you come from a country where you don't get much of it, definitely wear a hat and put on some sunscreen. Like that's, you should I've, just I've seen, wear it anyway because yeah. melanoma can... can yeah can happen there and you are probably going to have to sit in the sun at Google I.O. Sorry. Yes. and it's I, California. I, I think they've held it two years now there at the Google Amphitheater. It's kind of in the outdoors, indoors type thing. And I've seen so many burnt people on day two. It's like, don't, don't do that to yourself. We have a, do you have, I've got to ask you, we have this saying in Australia that's been going for, I think a good 20 years now, slip, slop, slap. Have you ever heard of that, Flo? No. Flo's looking at me like I said something I, really weird. She's no, like, this Whoa. is an interesting mark. No, it's an interesting marketing campaign. I feel like you guys have a have a more established beach culture, or maybe it's just because I'm not at the beach. And for a while, we camp. had an ozone hole as well, which is apparently fixed now. But we we had some crazy UVs like in Australia, of like 15, 16, 17, that you'd go uh, out yes. for like five minutes and then you're like, congratulations, you know. So I believe it's slip on. Oh, someone's going to kill me now. I think it's slip on a hat. Slop on some sunscreen. No, no, no. I think the last thing, oh, my goodness, I don't know my own slip, slop, slap campaign. This is very ineffective. I think it's, it's basically T-shirt, hat, um, sunscreen is, is the, the whole concept. Like you got to slip, slop, slap. I mean, there was a whole song about it too. Oh, it's worth sunscreen. Oh, you found the song, did you? Yes. <laughs> the one back from the late 90s, yes. Yeah, apparently later on they added seek and slide as well. I guess seek shade. Well, I don't know what the sliding's about. It's a bit weird. It's got its own Wikipedia page, which you can probably link to for anyone that's interesting. It was launched in Australia and New Zealand during the 1980s. They were good times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Slip on a shirt, slop on the 50-plus sunscreen, slap on a hat, and then later was added seek shade or shelter, slide on some glasses used to block out sun. That's not as catchy as it. I remember it. Hmm. 
Hmm. There you go. Yes. Anyway, that's our recommendation on Google. Sorry about that. Massive rabbit hole. No, that's okay. We had this is an important PSA that we need to tell people because again, Google I/O is in two weeks, and uh, I can't wait for us to. I can't wait for Andy to get back so we can just talk about it. I just want us to to get all like fangirly about it for a while. Yeah. I really just want to, you know. Yeah, it's exciting. This is like the the yeah the most exciting kind of Christmassy time of year. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> We're going to find out what happens. You know? And also, like, yeah, with all this news dropping a few weeks out from Google O, like, you know that this is stuff they're probably not going to talk about in the keynote because they've, they've dropped it early. That means there's more good stuff to come for. More good stuff. I'm more very excited. Woo! And please wear sunscreen to Google I.O. <laughs> slip, slop, slap, people. By the way, um, both Flo and I will be at Google O. So if you yes. see me there, you probably don't know what it look like, but if you see me there, you do recognize me. I'll be wearing a Pocket Cast T-shirt. If you can come up to me and say slip, slop, slap, I will give you some uh, stickers. I've got... I think I've got some material stickers. I've definitely got some pocket cast ones. I've probably got other random ones. If you're into sticking stickers on stuff, then um, yeah. Just, I just, need a sticker, by the way. You do? I've got one for you. No problems. Thank you. And on that note, we should probably we should wrap wrap the show, I reckon. We might be able to get this in yeah. under an hour if we if we go yeah. super fast. So Flo, where can people find more about uh, your home automation experiments and recommendations? Uh you can't really find anything at florenceion.com just yet because quite honestly i'm i'm working for other people but pretty soon <laughs> it's getting will. paid the cash monies but you can read me all over the internet uh really you can read me all over the internet <laughs> <laughs> that's true i do see your articles popping up in more and more places so congratulations on that i will be updating florenceion.com uh every every kind of break i get in between projects and let you guys know where i'm at but definitely Follow me on Twitter as, you know, if, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. And they can find you at Oh That Flow, at I believe. Oh That Flow. Nice. Oh That Very Flow. Very nice. Uh, perpetually jealous of that username, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and you, you can find me at Rusty Shelf. Definitely not a good username as uh, Oh That Flow um, on Twitter. You can find our podcast at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can write to us, materialpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to read more about the show or you want to become a sponsor or you want to find all the links or whatever, you can go to relay.fm slash material where you find all our previous shows, you find the show notes, you find a whole bunch of like contact us links. You'll find some buttons if you're feeling really generous to, to throw money our way as well. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm going to do it, Flo. I have to do it. Um, until next week, dear listener, slip, slop, slap. <laughs>